Texas and Mississippi open back up, and the Democrats and media lose their ever-loving minds. Plus, Andrew Cuomo says he's not going anywhere. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. It's time to stand up to big tech. Protect your data at expressvpn.com. We'll get to all the news of the day in just one moment. First, the word is out. People are abandoning that overpriced wireless carrier. They are flocking to PeerTalk for the same coverage, but at a fraction of the price. That is correct. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, switching to PeerTalk could save your family over $800 a year. And switching is really easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. There's a reason PureTalk is the highest rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs. Stop giving your money to overpriced wireless carriers and start saving money right now. Now, a lot of phone companies will intentionally try to confuse you exactly what kind of coverage you're getting for the money that you're paying. Not so with PureTalk, you know exactly what you're getting. Again, that's unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on the data, they're not going to charge you. So you have nothing to lose. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. You'll save 50% off your very first month. That is pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Go check them out right now. Dial pound 250 and say my name, Ben Shapiro, and get 50% off your very first month. And you're going to save hundreds down the road. All righty. So Texas and Mississippi have now opened back up. And people seem to be very upset about this. They seem very, very angry that certain states in America are opening back up wider than other states. And I got to say, I don't think this has a lot to do with science. I think this has a lot to do with jealousy and a one-size-fits-all mentality about what works. And this comes from the public health establishment, the vaunted Dr. Fauci's out there, the same media that proclaimed that Andrew Cuomo was fantastic at this and Gavin Newsom was fantastic at this. Well, it turns out that a lot of states approach this thing a lot of different ways, and there are a lot of different results. And some of those results resembled each other, even when the methods to get to those results did not resemble one another. As I've been pointing out for, at this point, months, California and Florida have very similar death per million rates. Florida has the second oldest population in America after Maine, which means they really have the oldest population because Maine has eight people. And California has the fifth youngest population. California has been shut down for a year. Florida has been wide open since the summer. And yet the public health professionals, they will tell you that Florida has been irresponsible and terrible. And now that Texas and Mississippi are opening back up, they're saying, oh, well, you know, that, that they can't do that. That's just terrible. And we're getting the scare tactics. So you see all these reports today about all of these COVID variants that are going to inevitably wipe through the population. The problem is we don't actually know that at this point. We know that the vaccines have some efficacy against most of the variants that we have seen thus far. And we don't have enough evidence thus far as to what the actual effect of the variants is going to be on vaccinated populations, which is why we are rushing to vaccinate people right now. Nonetheless, the media are fully invested in panic mode and remain invested in panic mode because, number one, it's good for business. And number two, they're invested in the idea that centralized government is the solution to all ills. Because once the government has centralized all power, then the government can do everything you want the government to do. Every crisis is an opportunity, as Rahm Emanuel, Barack Obama's former chief of staff and the former mayor of Chicago, once said. So Reuters is reporting that Chris Murray, a University of Washington disease expert whose projections on COVID-19 infections and deaths are closely followed worldwide, is changing his assumptions about the course of the pandemic. Murray had until recently been hopeful that the discovery of several effective vaccines could help countries achieve herd immunity or nearly eliminate transmission through a combination of inoculation and previous infection. But in the last month, data from a vaccine trial in South Africa showed not only that a rapidly spreading COVID variant could dampen the effect of the vaccine, it could also evade natural immunity in people who had previously been infected. Well, if that is the case, then you literally can't do anything. You've now talked about a disease that you cannot create immunity to, right? It just comes back around. It's like a common cold. 
It just comes back around. And the vaccine ain't going to work on it. So what exactly are you supposed to do? Lock yourself in your house for the rest of time? He says, I couldn't sleep. He's the director of the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation. You remember the IHME model, which is really, really off in the early days? It's basically a garbage in, garbage out model. It just takes prior data, puts it in there, and then makes assumptions, makes the assumptions clear, and then tosses out what it thinks will be the future. Sometimes it's right and sometimes it's wrong. It certainly was not the best model that was out there. A new consensus is emerging, according to scientists, according to Reuters interviews. Many described how the breakthrough late last year of two vaccines with around 95% efficacy against COVID-19 had initially sparked hope the virus could be largely contained, similar to the way measles has been. But they say now it looks like this is going to be an endemic virus. It'll circulate in communities and it could cause a significant burden of illness and death for years to come. As a result, said scientists, people could expect to continue to take measures such as routine mask wearing and avoiding crowded places during COVID-19 surges, especially for people at high risk. Dr. Fauci says, I would still want to wear a mask if there was a variant out there. All you need is one little flick of a variant sparking another surge. And there goes your prediction about when life gets back to normal. Murray says that if the South African variant or similar mutants continue to spread rapidly, the number of COVID-19 cases resulting in hospitalization or death this coming winter could be four times higher than the flu. Now, again, it's important to understand base rates here. Four times higher than the flu does not mean that we are looking at black plague type numbers. The flu is indeed a dangerous disease, but nobody has ever shut down society for the flu. We know that this particular disease has been something like five times more deadly than the flu. And we also know that it spreads much more widely than the flu. So if we are, now we are saying that the, the amount of death total, not the deadliness, the amount of death is four times that of the flu with a, with a virus that is much more contagious. And there's not really a way of stopping it. The only time that people are actively going to engage in the sort of measures we've been engaging in is if the health system is on the verge of being overwhelmed. And we actually don't have evidence that that is the case anywhere in America right now. It may happen. And if that happens, then maybe we'll start taking these measures. But in reality, most people, particularly young, healthy people, are not going to stop their lives, stop dating, stop going to parties, stop going to ball games, because a disease that mainly kills people over the age of 70 is still out there and is coming around seasonally, especially since you have no cure for it. So what exactly do you expect people to do? People are going to act using their rational minds. In other words, people are going to use their rational self-interest to determine what sort of risk they're willing to undergo. Right? If you have parents who are 80, they're probably not going to go to a ball game for a while if the, if the variants are still out there. But if you're 30, are you going to go to a ball game? Probably. Are you going to go shoulder to shoulder with someone to an event? Probably. Because you'll get it and you'll be fine in the vast, 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 vast majority of cases. Again, the death rates for people who are between the ages of like 20 and 65, those death rates are a fraction in 1,000. I mean, we're talking about like three in 1,000, four in 1,000 at the upper end. Because the overall total death rate on this thing is like five in 1,000. And that includes people in the upper age brackets where you're talking about like five in 100 or six in 100 dying from this thing. The IHME, their current forecast, assumes there will be an additional 62,000 U.S. deaths and 690,000 global deaths from COVID-19 by June 1st. That model does include assumptions about vaccination rates as well as the transmissibility of South African and Brazilian variants. So here is the point. There will always be new COVID variants out there. There will always be new things that are happening in the world of health. The idea of a top-down government mandate that radically changes individual decision-making, that is unjustified and it is perfectly unjustifiable when the only thing you can say is that there are new risks out there. We know there are new risks out there. It was one thing when you were saying you didn't know what the death rates were on this virus, where you really didn't know if it was the Black Plague. You didn't know if it was going to wipe out entire classrooms of elementary school students. But now we know. We know the vectors of these diseases. We know which populations they tend to hit the hardest. We know how to protect those populations. And we know what people are willing to do in order to shield themselves from risk. People are not going to live life this way. And yet, 
when states reopen, when they say you need to use your own individual reason, then the left gets very angry because undergirding all of this is a two is a twofold proposition. Proposition number one is that it is very good for centralized governments to have enormous power over your life because they know better than you. And that is the second proposition. You don't know how to handle your own life on nearly any metric. You don't, need to, you don't know how to handle your, your own personal economics. That is why we need to remove money from you and then supposedly give it back to you later, even though we won't, with Social Security. It's why we need to make sure that you're not going to take care of your own health care. We need to provide health care for you. We, the centralized government. You don't know how to educate your child. We're going to tell you how to educate your child. And you don't know how to avoid death. So we are going to force you to wear a mask. Right? That, that, is the, that is the centralizing government rationale behind so much of the debate that is happening right now. I'll give you some stats to show this is the case in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that you don't want to go to the auto parts store. I mean, first of all, why would you ever want to go to the auto parts store? You stand in line for a really long time, then you finally get to the front of the line, and then ask you a bunch of questions you don't know the answer to. Finally, you figure out what part you need, and then they're like, oh yeah, we don't have that. We're going to have to order that online. Well, you could just do it online yourself because the interwebs are great. So why not head on over to rockauto.com? Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same exact parts? You know, for example, let's say you need a Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey. I just came up with that off the top of my head. Amazing like that. Well, I'll tell you what, at an auto parts store, it'll cost you like 354 bucks. That's the kind of thing you can get at Rock Auto for $217, which is saving a lot of money. RockAuto.com, it's a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Head on over to RockAuto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same exact parts? We've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Head on over to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write Shapiro in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Okay, so states are handling the COVID variants and COVID situation very differently. New York is now thinking about doing a, a COVID passport. This would be very much like what Israel has been doing. You need to show that you've actually had the COVID vaccine in order to go into particular public areas. Again, I think this is a bad idea because people are just going to start forging these things. If you want access to something, you're just going to forge. Also, it does create a, a two uh, sort of two-level society in which people who have gotten the vaccine, are allowed to do things, and people who have not gotten the vaccine are not allowed to do things. I will say that it, it does create the right incentive, which is to go get vaccinated. But what's the cutoff? Right? Is the age cutoff 18? Because again, if you're 18 years old, you're really not, a high, not at high risk from COVID-19. The proper solution here is that people, again, should use their own reason, and they should go get the vaccine, and we should be encouraging them socially to get the vaccine. If private businesses want to say, if Madison Square Garden wants to say, listen, you can only come to a basketball game if you get the vaccine, I think that that is perfectly reasonable for the entire city to be testing out vaccine green cards uh, seems to raise serious liberty concerns. But the big story of the day really is that Texas and Mississippi said we're done with our mask mandates. Now, let me just remind you, there are not mask mandates in some 15 states in the United States. And I'm going to read you those 15 states in the United States. These are, these are the states that do not have a mask mandate. They don't mandate that you have a mask in public places or on public property. Okay, these are the states, and I'm also going to give you their death per capita ratio. I'm going to give you where they rank among the 51 U.S. states in, and Washington, D.C. Where do they rank? Okay, so here is where these states rank. These are the ones without a mask mandate. Now, what you have been told is that a mask mandate is the cure-all. You have, you've heard that the mask mandate is the answer to all of your problems, right? Joe Biden wore a mask and COVID went away. I mean, it was amazing. 
right? As soon as you put on those masks, doesn't matter what kind of mask. You can put a sock over your face. You can put a bra over your face. Doesn't matter. All the same. Now, obviously, this was nonsense. Wearing an N95 is much more effective than wearing a sock, right? Wearing a, a KN95 is much better than a neck gaiter. Wearing these things properly is very important. Not putting your hands all over them. That's very important. But we treated it as though if you put a, ma- a cloth mask on your face and rewear it every day, that this is going to be the answer to all of your problems. And if the state mandates it, that this is going to radically change things. Now, here's the thing about mandates when it comes to masks. People who want to wear the mask are going to wear it. People who don't want to wear it are not going to wear it. That is the, the reality of the situation. And as the rates of COVID rise in a particular community, as we have seen from the maps, the rate of mask wearing goes up. In other words, people use their actual reasonable self-assessment of their risk, and then they make decisions. So how does that? So what does that mean? It means that in states with a mandate, a lot of those states did really poorly. New York, number two in death per million ratio. New Jersey, number one in death per million ratio. Okay, here are the states that do not have a mask mandate. And remember, I'm, I'm, pu- I'm pointing this out because you're going to hear Democrats in one second talk about how it is just the worst thing you could possibly do to remove a state mask mandate. Remember, removing a state mandate to wear a mask is not a ban on wearing a mask. I understand that for the left, there seems to be only two categories, that which is mandatory and that which is banned, right? Those are the only two categories. There's no third category of stuff you're allowed to do. It's just the stuff you must be forced to do by the government and stuff that you are forced not to do by the government. And this is how people on the left tend to think of the government. The government is there to do the good thing. So if you're going to wear a ma- if we want you to wear a mask, we have to force you to wear a mask. And if somebody says that they think that you should have the ability not to wear a mask, that's the same thing as them saying they want you not to wear a mask. Not how this works. If Texas says we're not going to mandate it, that means exactly what it means, right? Which means they're not going to punish people. They're not going to fine people. They're not going to jail people. They're not going to have a mask mandate on the books. That doesn't mean that you on an individual level can't wear a mask. You can anytime you want. You can decide where to go. You can determine if you don't want to go into a business that has a lot of unmasked people. And we make these sorts of decisions every single day throughout our lives. Do you go, do you drive into a particular area with a high crime rate? Do you go out at a particular time of night when there are fewer, when, when there are fewer people out on the streets? Where do you jog? Where do you send your kids to school? Right? These sort of risk assessments. How fast do you drive? Which route do you take? All of these risk assessments are part of your everyday life. We have evolved to make these risk assessments. Sometimes we make good risk assessments. Sometimes we make bad risk assessments. But the purpose of freedom is so that you can make those risk assessments. According to the left, however, you should not be allowed to do this because you're stupid. So how have those states without a mask mandate performed? Because if, if the left is right, what that would mean is that when you don't have a mask mandate, everybody unmasks and then everybody dies. I'm not kidding. This is literally what people on the left are saying. So for example, Beto O'Rourke, Beto, he's back, bro. And ever since that, that Texas freeze, Beto, living in this big old house, inheriting lots of money, kick, flick, bong, rip, Beto. Beto. He says, you know what? If they, if, if Governor Abbott says that we're allowed to take off the mask, they want to kill us all, bro. And let me tell you something. I don't like that very much. I mean, I'm, it's harshing my vibe, bro, go. They literally want to sacrifice the lives of fellow Texans for, I don't know, for for political gain, to satisfy certain powerful interests within the state. And and this isn't hyperbole. It's hard to escape the conclusion that it's also a a cult of of death. Um, You have extraordinarily anti-democratic elements. I mean, look at the insurrection on on January 6th for for any proof. You have anti-government elements literally running the government of, of the state of Texas. And, and it almost, I use the phrase failed state, because I, I think when you can't guarantee the electricity, the heat, 
the running water, the, the public welfare and safety. You are about there by any classic definition. Uh, it's not hyperbole, bro. It's a cult of death. And let me tell you, I've been out in the desert, man. I've seen some things. I ate some New Mexican dirt raw after skateboarding. Let me tell you, my skateboard does not work well on sand. But bro, it's a cult of death. It's like literally human sacrifice. I'm not going to say I've seen human sacrifice raw, but if I had, it would look exactly like that. It's a failed state, man. By the way, if you think that Texas is a failed state, you might want to visit a failed state one time. Like the electrical grid broke. That was horrible. People died. It was really, really bad. See, the thing about a failed state is that it never was on, right? The electrical grid goes down and it stays down. People eat dogs in the streets for years on end. The, the utter, you want to talk about privilege? This guy is the, is the definition of privilege. And my goodness, Beto O'Rourke, what a joke he is. But, I, but that's the point, right? Is that when he says things like, it's a cult, they want to kill us all, right? If I say to you, you're a free human being, you have the ability to decide for yourself whether you want to wear a mask or whether you don't want to wear a mask. That is, that is me saying that you should go out and kill everybody. I mean, it's me saying that I want a cult of death, according to Beta O'Rourke. So liberty is a cult of death. You being able to make your own decisions, your own risk assessment. That is a cult of death, complete with human sacrifice and everything. By the way, I, just a quick note. I do love hearing about human sacrifice from people who are the biggest proponents of abortion on planet Earth. Tell me more about human sacrifice and cults of death. Beta O'Rourke, Captain Planned Parenthood over there. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, let's say you were a duke of an intergalactic house and one day your emperor decided to give you an additional desert planet to rule. Well, you'd probably think that sounds like an amazing gift. Wrong you are. Because that same emperor decided to blindside you and murder you in your sleep. Pretty sure Duke Leto really wished he had some life insurance the moment that hunter-seeker pierced his body. No one likes to talk about life insurance, but it's incredibly important and you need to include it in your financial planning this year. Start shopping now with Policy Genius. Find the right policy to protect your family today. Give yourself the peace of mind that comes with knowing that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover all their expenses while getting back on their feet. Policy Genius's technology makes comparing life insurance quotes from America's top insurers easy. Just a few clicks. You already have a life insurance policy through work, but that might not be enough. And if you move jobs, then it doesn't follow you. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies starting at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. When they make it this easy, there really is not an excuse not to do it. Save time, money, provide your family with financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click that link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Okay, but it's, it's not just Beto who's making this case. It's idiots like Michael Moore in the political commentary sphere. So Michael Moore, who is beginning to look more and more like that guy who plays toodles in Hook. Josh is bobbles. Michael Moore. <laughs> He tweeted out, Texas, we hear you. You didn't want to be part of our electrical grid. And now you've removed your mask mandate and are allowing large crowds together. We hear you. COVID is a hoax. So you don't need our precious vaccine. We'll send it to people who are saving lives by wearing masks. So um, a few things here. Your precious vaccine, what did you do? Does he work for the big pharmaceutical companies? I thought he doesn't like those people. Also, under whose administration was the COVID vaccine developed? All oh, right, that, that would have been Trump's. Also, Saying that you want people to be able to exercise individual liberty does not mean those people didn't get the vaccine. In fact, one of the chief sort of draws of the vaccine is that after you get the vaccine, you should be able to walk around without a mask. Is a point that Senator Rand Paul's been making since he had COVID. He's saying, I now have immunity. I'm not passing it to anyone. I don't have to wear a mask. He happens to be basically correct about this. Okay, so 
but the, the real underlying animus is for the people of Texas, right? If you have a political viewpoint that cuts toward liberty, you should die, right? That is what Michael Moore is saying right there. And Beto O'Rourke is basically saying the same thing. If you are a person who believes that individuals should make their own decisions about their lives, then this means that you are part of a cult of death who is involved in human sacrifice because Beto knows what's best for you. Sure, he didn't know enough to beat Ted Cruz in a very competitive Senate race. And sure, he was on the cover of Vanity Fair magazine wearing the exact same outfit he always wears on the campaign trail, saying he was born to run and then he proceeded to lose. Sure, he ended up in the New Mexican desert eating dirt. Not kidding, that's the thing he did. But Beto O'Rourke, yeah, that guy, he knows what's best for you. What an incredible human being. Then there's Joe Biden, who knows absolutely what's best for you. I mean, really knows what's best for you. And the way you can tell that Joe Biden knows what's best for you is because he is not a sentient human anymore. Joe Biden is not, he, he is, he is a, a, basically Joe Biden is an inanimate object that occasionally lets words fall out of its face. I, I'm sorry to tell you this, but Joe Biden is not all there again. The attic is not full. The lights are not all on. The toaster is not plugged in. There, there, there's not a lot of wattage going on here. Here is, here is Joe Biden suggesting that Texas and Mississippi, if you remove a mask mandate, remember, Abbott didn't say don't wear a mask anymore. He explicitly said the opposite. He said, if you want to wear a mask, you should wear a mask. If you're worried about the risk, wear a mask. If you don't want to go into an, an area with a lot of people who are not wearing masks, don't. But Biden thinks, because again, there's a binary logic to people in the Democratic Party. It's either mandatory or it is barred. Those are the only two choices. This means that taking off the mask means you're a Neanderthal if you take off the mask. By the way, I don't even know why Joe Biden is wearing masks. The dude's been vaccinated. Like seriously, I understand that he thinks that this is somehow... You know, encouraging people to wear masks. The exact same percentages of people are wearing masks as were, were wearing masks before Biden was president. I've seen no evidence of an uptick in mask wearing since, uh, again, this just demonstrates how dumb the media are. The media were like, well, you know, if we had a president modeling mask wearing, many more people would wear masks. Okay, show me the percentages. Seriously, we know how many people were wearing masks before. Is it higher or lower or the same since Biden became president? In any case, Joe Biden said that they were Neanderthals in Texas and Mississippi. Neanderthals. Now, to be fair, Joe Biden does remember the Neanderthals. The Neanderthals were some of his best friends. And he remembers riding a dinosaur. You know, he's a real blue collar guy, Joe Biden. He would clock in for a day at the rock quarry and then he would slide down the back of a brontosaurus and get into his car. And then he would use his actual feet, right? Move those feet so he could get home to Wilma. But here is, uh, here is Joe Biden talking about how everyone who disagrees with him is a Neanderthal. This is Captain Unity over here. I think it's a big mistake. Look, I hope everybody's realized by now these masks make a difference. And the last thing, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine, take off your mask, forget it. It still matters. It's critical, 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 critical that they follow the science. Wash your hands, hot water, do it frequently. Wear a mask and stay socially distanced. And uh, I know you all know that, I wish the heck some of our elected officials know us. Okay, by the way, my, Captain Follow the Science here still hasn't opened up the schools. Captain Follow the Science is responsible for setting up seven federal mass vaccination sites by the end of February, who's aiming for 100. Captain Follow the Science. When I say, by the way, that uh, Joe Biden is not with us, he is not with us. This was Joe Biden yesterday. Thank you. And I'm happy to take questions if that's what I'm supposed to do, Nance, whatever you want me to do. Nope. <laughs> if you can't see that, I'm very, very thank you. And, and Nancy, if you want me to take questions, if that's what I'm supposed to do. And then and then they just run the crowd. That's all, folks. 
<laughs> I love the person on the button who's like, well, we can't let the president talk off script, so let's just hit this button and boom, fade to black. Wow. That guy's definitely in control of his own administration. Uh, are they going to let me go to the Denny's now for the early bird dinner? Or Nancy, Nancy, uh, boop, 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 boop. Just get that giant, they need the giant cane with the hook at the end. Just, whoop, just pull Joe Biden out of there. But he's calling everybody a Neanderthal. So here are the stats. Here are the stats, okay, on the Neanderthal states that have not had a mask mandate. There are many of these states. I'm going to read to you these states and their ranking in the death per capita. Okay, so here we go. You'll see there's a large variance. You ready? Here we go. Alaska is ranked 49th in deaths per million. 49th. Okay, they never had a mask mandate. Arizona, 6th. Right, so you have 49 and 6. No mask mandate. Okay, Florida, 27th. Georgia, 20th. Idaho, 42nd. Iowa, 16th. Mississippi, 5th. Missouri, 29th. Montana, 33rd. Nebraska, 40th. North Dakota, 11th. Oklahoma, 36th. South Carolina, 19th. South Dakota, 8th. And Tennessee, 18th. Okay, so, in other words, all over the map. And in fact, there are more states that are in the bottom half than there are states, I believe, in the top half here, right? Because you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of those 15 states are in the bottom half of states by death per million. And yet the idea here is that these are all bad, terrible, no good, very bad states, right? They're Neanderthals because after all, they don't have mask mandates. If they had mask mandates, presumably they'd all be better off, except for the fact that there is no evidence that this is particularly the case. There have been mask mandates all over the world. And you know what those mask mandates did in LA? Not much, considering that there's a giant upswing in the fall, a far larger upswing than there was in a state like Florida, which did not have a mask mandate. So what is this really about? What this is really about, as always, is politics and control. Texas and Mississippi have responded to these idiotic comments by Joe Biden and Beto O'Rourke. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves said President Biden said allowing Mississippians to decide how to protect themselves is Neanderthal thinking. Mississippians don't need handlers. As numbers drop, they can assess their choices and listen to experts. I guess I just think we should trust Americans, not insult them. And then Greg Abbott's spokesperson said, the governor was clear in telling Texans COVID hasn't ended and that all Texans should follow medical advice and safe practices to continue containing COVID. The fact is, Texas now has the tools and knowledge to combat COVID while also allowing Texans and small businesses to make their decisions. It is clear from the recoveries, the vaccinations, the reduced hospitalizations, and the safe practices that Texans are using that state mandates are no longer needed. We must now do more to restore livelihood and normalcy for Texans. The governor's focus has been and always will be protecting the lives and livelihoods of Texans. And then later, Abbott tweeted, the Biden administration is recklessly releasing hundreds of illegal immigrants who have COVID into Texas. The Biden administration must immediately end this callous act that exposes Texans and Americans to COVID. So much, so much unity there from, uh, from Joe Biden. And by the way, they, are, um, they happen to be exactly correct. Americans get to decide for themselves what they wish to do. And that has not changed, right? There are going to be areas where there's a lot of COVID hesitancy. And that's okay. If you don't want to go out, don't go out. But the idea is that if you have government control, you must use it. So Gavin Newsom, for example, he is now pushing back at all of this. He says it's reckless, absolutely reckless. Tell me more about recklessness, Captain French Laundry. Tell me more about reckless, Gavin Newsom, the head of a state, the fifth youngest state in America with the same death per capita rate as Florida, the second oldest state in America. Please tell me more. Gavin Newsom, who's currently, he's so reckless that that dude is now being recalled in a completely blue state, top to bottom blue state. But it's about something more than that, right? It is about the idea that you are not capable of making your own decisions. Or rather, you're only capable of making your own decisions if you are a particular type of person. If you're not a particular type of person, you're not capable of making your own decisions. So one of the things that is buried 
in a lot of the ideology here for, for Democrats particularly is a soft bigotry of low expectations. About Americans generally, you're not capable of making your own decisions. But specifically, there is a soft bigotry of low expectations that attends to minority communities in the Democratic Party, right? The same motivating factor from people like Jamal Bowman of New York, Democrat of New York, who says standardized testing is racist, attends when it comes to vaccines. And we have seen a tremendous amount of vaccine hesitancy, unfortunately, in the black and Hispanic community. There is, there's a wide differential in, by race in how people are, are looking at the vaccine. By poll data, by poll data, some 59% of white people say they definitely will get the vaccine and another 20% say they will probably get the vaccine, which means that grand total 79% of white Americans say they definitely will or probably will get the vaccine. Okay, black America, only 67% of black Americans say they definitely will get the vaccine or probably get the vaccine. And by the way, only 37% say they definitely will get the vaccine, which means that fully 33% of black Americans say they either probably or definitely will not get the vaccine. Trem compared to only 21% of white people who say they won't get the vaccine and only 21% of Hispanic people who say they won't get the vaccine. So the black community has tremendous vaccine hesitancy. Okay, that is a real problem. And yet the answer by the left is that that is a shortcoming of government distribution. Okay, that is not correct. If there is differential behavior and different differential viewpoints about vaccines, then that is individual behavior. And yet the idea here is that if you are a, that, that it's only white, I mean, remember that Michael Moore, text, right? The Michael Moore tweet was, if you're a Texan, you don't deserve to get the vaccine because you're a COVID denier. He would never say that about people who are literally refusing to get the vaccine. Why? Because for him, the question, there, there's a soft bigotry that is inherent in leftist thought that suggests that if a white person makes a bad decision, it's on the white person. But if a black person makes a bad decision, then it is because the system is racist. Okay, that is not correct. We should be encouraging everyone to make good decisions. This is why all of the tomfoolery about the vaccine rollout is a mistake. We should be giving the vaccine to anyone who will take it at any point at this point. There are many, many vaccines out there. Tranching out vaccines based on quote unquote equity is a foolhardy game. Okay, instead, what we should be doing is making it available to anyone who wants one. And we should be actively encouraging people to get one, not writing op-eds in the New York Times like Charles Blow talking about why black people are hesitant about vaccines, but encouraging black people to get vaccines, encouraging everybody to go get the vaccine today. And yet again, there is that generalized idea that the government must be in complete control. They must mandate things because you can't take care of yourself. And the, but they'll only talk about a certain type of person who, who, is, who is COVID scared or COVID shy. Right? It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an obvious point and an ugly point. But people on the left will only talk about COVID shyness when it comes to white Americans. They will not talk about COVID shyness when it comes to minority Americans, even though the percentages are greater among minority Americans. I mean, why, you know who should be being ripped up and down right now? Not Greg Abbott for saying that people should not be, should not be forced to wear masks by the centralized government because they are capable of making their own decisions. The people who should be ripped up and down right now are people like Louis Farrakhan, who's literally going out there and telling his millions of followers that the COVID vaccine is a vial of death. Have you seen any media coverage of this? If a, if a major conservative figure who had met with a bunch of members of Congress were out there literally telling people that the COVID vaccine was a vial of death, you know that would be at the front of every single newspaper, right? Conservatives deny vaccine efficacy. And yet here was Louis Farrakhan doing just that. Democratic members of Congress have met with this guy. They continue to meet with this guy. Have you seen a headline about this? Here's Louis Farrakhan, who has many, many followers, talking about how the COVID vaccine is a vial of death. Some of these uh, so-called vaccines, you know, it's the nanoparticles 
that men like Dr. Fauci have proprietary knowledge of that allows them to get a patent for their vial of death. I mean, how is that not the headline, right? I mean, seriously, that should be the headline. You want to talk about overcoming COVID? We should be talking about vaccine hesitancy. By the way, encouraged for months by people like Kamala Harris, who literally said that she would not get a vaccine just if Trump told her to. I mean, that, that, this sort of stuff has an actual impact. And if you look by race and ethnicity at why people are not getting the vaccine, right? That you, can, you can see the, the reasons why people aren't getting the vaccine. What you will see is that among black Americans, a disproportionate number of black Americans don't trust the COVID-19 vaccine. And a disproportionate number of black Americans are concerned about the side effects and they plan to wait and see whether it is safe. And yet the idea here is that it's a problem with the distribution system. What if it's not a problem with the distribution system? If the reason that the left wants centralized control is because they want control over people, then they really should be clear about why they want control over people. Because right now, they tend to blame the system whenever individual choices are made they don't like from people who are allies of theirs, but they blame the individual people when they're people who they don't like, who don't believe like they do, politically speaking. This is ugly stuff. The soft bigotry of low expectations, by the way, completely infuses the Democratic Party at this point. And you want to talk about Democrat-run cities that have soft bigotry of low expectations? This story came across my desk this morning from Fox Baltimore. A shocking discovery out of a Baltimore City high school where Project Baltimore has found hundreds of students are failing. It's a school where a student who passed three classes in four years, three classes in four years, not three years in four years, three classes in four years, ranks near the top half of his class with a 0.13 grade point average. Tiffany France thought her son would receive his diploma this coming June, but after four years of high school, France just learned her 17-year-old must start over. He's been moved back to ninth grade. He's stressed and I am too. I told him I'm probably going to start crying. I don't know what to do. France told Project Baltimore. Why would he do three more years in school? He didn't fail. The school failed him. The school failed at their job. He didn't deserve that. France's son attends Augusta Fell's Savage Institute of Visual Arts in West Baltimore. His transcripts show he's passed just three classes in four years, placing him in ninth grade. But she didn't know that until February. She thought her oldest son was doing well because even though he failed most of his classes, they kept promoting him. His transcript showed he failed Spanish 1 and Algebra 1, was promoted to Spanish 2 and Algebra 2. He failed English 2, was passed on to English 3. In his first three years at Augusta Fells, the student failed 22 classes and was late or absent on 272 days. In those three years, only one teacher requested a parent conference, which France says never happened. No one from the school told France her son was failing and not going to class. By the way, he's still above half of his class. He's ranked 62nd in his class after after passing three classes in a grand total of four years. Half of his classmates, 58 of them, have a 0.13 grade point average or lower. Okay, how is it that this is not considered a great crisis in America? And we're going to focus on woke idiocy about canceling Dr. Seuss, but we're not going to focus on stuff that actually betters people's lives. We're not going to focus on individual responsibility because here's the thing, individual freedom comes with individual responsibility. We're not even going to focus on true systems of power that degrade the lives of individuals. Nope, we're going to focus on how we can force you to wear a mask, even though that actually is a risk assessment you yourself should be doing, and who we should blame, namely the people of Texas, who we should not blame, namely people who are political allies of Democrats. People's lives actually matter. 
And the best way to ensure that people live good lives is to place the individual responsibility that comes with freedom upon them. And yet we have an entire system that is built to do precisely the opposite. Precisely the opposite. And instead, we just keep ripping on the system, keep ripping on that system and claiming that centralized government is going to be the solution. In just a second, we'll get to the centralized government as solution crowd, the, the centralized culture as, 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 as the solution crowd. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about your sleep quality. So, Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be a perfect way for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique. Helix knows that. They have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress, you're matched to. The mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again, which sounds pretty fantastic, actually. Helix is awesome. You don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by both GQ and Wired Magazine. Just head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you absolutely will. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Helixsleep.com slash Ben. My wife and I have a Helix Sleep mattress. It is indeed fantastic. You will love it as much as we do. Go check them out right now. Helixsleep.com slash Ben to get up to 200 bucks off your mattress orders. All right, earlier this week, I had the pleasure of discussing on this show minimum wage with Representative Rokana of California. It is always a lot of fun to talk with people on the other side of the aisle outside of a safe space. Well, here's the thing. Right now, in our current climate, every political issue is a hot-button issue. Minimum wage is one of those issues. And if you need the knowledge to be able to debate minimum wage, to know why the minimum wage and raising the minimum wage is an idiotic economic idea, if you don't feel like going out there and doing the research yourself, I have a solution for you. I break down the myth of the minimum wage and others like it on my new Daily Wire series, Debunked. Every single Friday, we drop a new mini-documentary. Last week, we did one on minimum wage. This week, it is public sector unions. If you want to get the simple facts and logic that debunk the leftist claims on these issues, tune on in. Debunked. It's available exclusively and only to Daily Wire members. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code debunked to get 25% off your new membership. That is promo code debunked. Get 25% off. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So while people on the left want to control your entire life and simultaneously allow people to just fail inside the system, I mean, truly fail inside the system because we wouldn't want to require individual responsibility of them. See, the, the thing about failure within the system is that Democrats right now are perpetual revolutionaries. So it just means they should have more power. If somebody fails inside the system, if you have a student in Baltimore who graduates three classes in four years and is still in the top half of his class, well, that means that the system requires more money. They require more control. Not that people should be given more individual responsibility. The opposite. When New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is a garbage bag, that means that he should have had more control. It means the government requires more control. Speaking of which, Andrew Cuomo is currently being essentially forced out of government. They're trying to force him out over these sexual harassment allegations. Now, on the grand scale of sexual harassment allegations, these ones are not the kind of thing that generally get you kicked out of office. Right? The, the worst thing that he did, the worst allegation against him, is that he called a woman, Lindsay Boylan, up to his office at one point. She went up there and then he kissed her without her permission. That is that is the the grand sum. That that is the worst thing he did. Is that a good thing? No, of course that's not a good thing. It's a very bad thing. Right? If you worked for a private corporation, you'd be fired. But he was elected. That is not really an impeachable offense because it's not. I mean, it, it would be hard to, to see that even as a criminal offense. Things that are bad and wrong and ugly aren't necessarily impeachable, as we have found out many many times in the past. Okay, and and Cuomo, you know, 
grabbing people by their face in weird ways and Cuomo making awkward jokes about eating sausages, right? All that stuff is yucky. It doesn't necessarily mean that uh, that guy cannot be governor of New York anymore, that he's lost his capacity to be governor of New York. What is happening right now is so perfectly obvious. Everyone now realizes that Governor Cuomo was a garbage bag during COVID. He was terrible. His policy was garbage. He got a lot of seniors killed. He lied about it, not only to the press, but to his own party. He lied about it to oversight bodies. And now they're realizing that he's a liability. But they cannot openly acknowledge that he is a liability based on his COVID behavior because they were cheering on that exact behavior. So instead, they have to find an ancillary reason to dump him under the bus. They have to find another reason to get rid of him. But hopefully a reason where they can report it, the media, and they can report it as something new so they can say, well, this is new stuff. Of course, we never reported this last year because we just didn't know. Because if it turns out that he gets ousted based on COVID, we all knew how bad he was last year. Okay, so now Cuomo is on the uh, hot seat and he, is, he, he did a presser yesterday in which he said that he's not going to go. First, he denied inappropriate touching in any way. There is an investigation now going on uh, in the office of Letitia James, the AG of the state, who I'm sure has her eye on the gubernatorial seat. Here is, uh, here's Andrew Cuomo. I never touched anyone inappropriately. I never touched anyone inappropriately. I never knew at the time that I was making anyone feel uncomfortable. I never knew at the time I was making anyone feel uncomfortable. And I certainly never, ever meant to offend anyone or hurt anyone or cause anyone any pain. And then he went on and he talked about how in his culture, he likes to touch people's faces and stuff. So I guess he and Joe Biden come from the exact same culture because Joe Biden also likes to inappropriately touch people. Cuomo then said, I'm not going to resign under any of these circumstances. Again, the reason that Andrew Cuomo is on the chopping block right now has nothing to do with this behavior. Just recognize that this is all a misdirect. It is all a way for the media to escape their own culpability in promoting this douchebag for a full year. Well, old people were dying in nursing homes and he was covering it up. Recognize that right now what we are watching is a sham and a ruse. It is a fake reason for getting rid of Andrew Cuomo. The real reason he should be gotten rid of is because he probably should be prosecuted for covering up what happened in the nursing homes in New York. Anyway, Cuomo says, I'm not going to resign. And by the way, for the behavior that's been described, he probably shouldn't resign. Here he is. I'm not going to resign. Uh, I work for the people of the state of New York. They elected me and I'm going to serve the people of the state of New York. And by the way, we have a full plate. We have COVID. We have recovery. We have rebuilding. We have a teetering New York City. We have a terrible financial picture. We have to do vaccines. Uh, so, no, um, uh, I'm going to do the job the people of the state elected me to do. OK, so he's not leaving. He is telling you he's not going. He's the best man he's ever known. That's yeah, a dream girls reference there for you. In any case, New York's Democrats, they're like, well, we would love to throw him under the bus. So Democratic Assemblyman Thomas Ambinanti, who's a Democrat, he said Cuomo should resign. Now, let's be real about this. Again, the reason that he should resign is not the reason they're all citing for him to resign. Here's Abinanti. Earlier today, I called on the governor to resign. Uh, I believe that it's important that the governor uh, be above reproach. Um, he has to have the respect necessary to uh, lead New York. Uh, I believe the governor is distracted and cannot give his undivided attention to continue uh, safely navigating New Yorkers through the ongoing uh, pandemic. And I think his whole situation is a distraction uh, to the serious uh, conversations necessary to complete an on-time budget. Just a quick note. 
if this had happened in the middle of last year, everybody would have ignored it. Okay, everybody in the media would have downplayed it. They would have said these allegations are, are not particularly serious. He has denied the allegations and they all would have moved on. How do we know? Because there were allegations that were made that were much more serious about Joe Biden and the media basically blew them off. So it is all just a matter of how useful these politicians are to them. Andrew Cuomo has lost his usefulness because it has come out now what an incompetent buffoon he has. He is. And uh, not only is he useful, uh, not useful anymore, he is embarrassing to them. And so they have found another reason to get rid of Andrew Cuomo. And yet their answer to all of this is that Andrew Cuomo still was the greatest governor in all of human history when it came to COVID, that we need more centralized control, and that anybody who says that you should use your own brain in determining your risk or how to educate your child for that matter, or how you ought to raise your child, all of those people are wrong. We need to raise your child for you. We need to mandate things from the top down because you can't handle it yourself. You just can't. And if you try to handle it yourself, then that means that you're in league with people who want human sacrifice and who want death and who want despair. If you trust this bunch of clowns at the top of your government with pretty much anything, I gotta doubt your own sanity at this point. Seriously, these people have been wrong on virtually all of the things. They've given you a bunch of conflicting advice. Every system that they run, with the exception of the military, is a giant fail. And yet there are people who believe the solution to all of this is to give these jackasses more power. It's, it's truly an astonishing thing. And then they believe these people are their moral leaders to boot, which is even more astonishing. If you like freedom, then at a certain point, we should probably stand up for it. And if we've now gotten to the point in the pandemic where we're on the downswing and where it is perfectly clear that the vaccines are being rolled out at extraordinary rates and we are not looking at any threat to the hospitalizations and the ICUs, at that point, it seems like freedom should be legal again, should it not? In fact, it never became illegal in the first place. And, and we should remember this for the future. Now, that, that it should not have taken a year for us to get to the point of saying the exact same thing that Florida said all the way back last summer, which is take your best available precautions and then live your life because every day that you live is a day that has been lived. And that day that you have lived is no longer on the record of days going forward available to you. So every day that you spend in lockdown or obeying government edicts on the basis of bad information is a day of which you were robbed. Don't let them rob, don't let them rob you of your time. Just don't let them do it. Alrighty, coming up a little bit later, we have an hour more of the Ben Shapiro Show. And coming up soon is the Matt Wall Show. It airs at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The Arizona Department of Education is concerned that our babies might be racist. Joe Biden lashes out at people who are fed up with the lockdowns. Andrew Cuomo addresses the sexual harassment scandal while mostly ignoring the real scandal. And the former host of The Bachelor continues to debase himself in the hopes of earning forgiveness from the cancel mob. All of that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. 
Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 